0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to tonight's... uh coronavirus Facebook live here for the horse world. I am Glenda Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network, the host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, Horses in the Morning, which we do every day. If you want a little lighter side on, on Corona and just want to forget about life and all of this for uh, a couple hours each day, tune into Horses in the Morning. That's the place to do that. We're waiting for live listeners to get on here. Please uh, comment with where you are in the country. I can see that and our guests can see that as well. And if you have any questions tonight, please do ask and we'll try and answer. If you have comments, uh, we would love to hear them. So before we get to our first guest tonight, who is New York Times reporter, a serious horse person and author, and she beat coronavirus just a few days ago. Sarah maslin Near is here, and we're going to hear what that was like. Plus, at the end, I will tell you a few of the stories I heard from our listeners around the world after my rant yesterday, and I can kind of predict that there might be another rant coming at the end of the day. It's the Daily Rant. I need a jingle for that um now and by the way happy april fools year nothing we say tonight it's all going to sound like an april fools joke but it's real so i you know no april fools joke can beat what we've been going through we're here 5 p.m. every weekday tomorrow we speak with a fitness guru about simple exercises that we can do at home more than you know like raising the wine glass or the beer glass and days end rescue will be here to talk about how all of this is affecting rescues Monday night, special announcement. Monty Roberts is going to do a live Q&A sponsored by the Horse Radio Network. You'll be able to come on with him and ask him questions here on video. Monday night about your horses, about training, whatever. You know, Monty Roberts is a legend and how many opportunities to get to actually talk to him directly. So that's Monday night. That'll, we'll have more details coming about that, about how you can sign up, how you can get in to talk to him. And if you can't watch the whole stream live now, you can catch it on the podcast players in the morning at Horses in the Morning podcast feed on any podcast player. Now our nightly disclaimer, which I do every day, required by our lawyers, we are not medical or financial professionals. We are not offering any advice in any way. That you should or should not do with the health of you or your horses, we are not uh, here to do that. We're here to provide commentary and our opinions. I said this week we were going to start with a couple positives every night, and I want to thank the growing Auditor Army. That's the uh, super fans of the Horse Radio Network for helping out with research. TJ, Alex, Rachel, and Lindsay are now on the job. Big news tonight is our governor finally has woken up out of his coma. I think they woke him up and he decided that he's going to lock down the state for 30 days. Uh, Yep, that's the same governor who should have done that when the spring breakers were here uh, and then went home to spread it all around the country, who I've been whining about every single night. A woman in Canton, Ohio, has started a grocery store of sorts in the front yard. Uh, Beth Philly is her name. She started the free little grocery store after she saw similar projects on Facebook. Beth, who got permission from the city to operate the giveaway, said about 30 to 40 people stop by her little grocery store every day to pick up goods and about three or four people drop off monetary donations. And she's broken even every night because of the generosity of other people. Israel's Institute for Biological Research has recently had a significant breakthrough in understanding the biological mechanism and qualities of the virus, including better better diagnostic capability, production of antibodies for those who already have the virus, and development of a vaccine. The article does stress that the development process requires a series of tests and experiments that may last months uh, before the vaccine is deemed to be effective or safe to use. They've been in... uh, They've been talking to the companies here that I talked about in the United States that are developing the vaccines, but they use a different method. So we could see multiple different ways to get this done and multiple different uh, countries developing or producing the vaccine when it finally is ready. So now let's uh, get to our guest who I'm very excited to speak with. Sarah is a New York Times reporter, and as I said, she's an author. She has a new book coming out. So we're going to talk about the serious stuff first, and then we're going to go to the um, difficult stuff. Or or we're going to start with the serious stuff, and then we're going to go to the fun stuff. Let's do it that way. So, Sarah, hi. Hi,
1: how are you?
0: Good. You know, I have a request. This is my request. Is that... Every time we seem to talk to you on our shows over the last couple of years, it's been for serious, just terrible stuff. So can we uh, can we change that next time we talk? Let's promise it's going to be for fun.
1: Uh, shoot! The way things are going from <laughs> apocalypse to apocalypse in our industry, um, I uh, will not guarantee it. But I will try. All right, I let's also try. Want to say something. The joys or horrors of live broadcasting from our homes, where we're all sequestered is my cat is throwing up hairballs all over the apartment <laughs> every week. And I was just thinking, wow, what, what timing? It?
0: It's perfect for horse people. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> we love
0: when dogs bark, when we yeah. love when the cat crawls in your lap, and we love when we hear horses whinny. So uh, we love all of that. Where do you live?
1: I live in the West Village of Manhattan in New York City.
0: Okay. So let's start with you getting sick. Uh, How did that happen? And how bad really is this?
1: So I've been on the forefront of covering coronavirus for the New York Times since March 3rd. That's when the second patient in New York State was diagnosed with coronavirus. He's from a city just outside New York's borders called New Rochelle. So I rushed there that evening, and I've been there pretty much ever since. I believe I took ill because my understanding of the disease evolved with the country's understanding of the disease. When I arrived there in New Rochelle in the beginning, I opened doors to restaurants with my hand, the usual way you do. I sat down across from sources at tables, put my computer down, picked it up off of surfaces. By... March 7th, when I was back there again, when they introduced a emergency, essentially a cordon around that city and the National Guard came, might have been a couple of days after that, I was already using different methodology. I opened doors with my elbow. I six foot apart for every single interview. And by then I probably had already contracted the virus.
0: So is it as bad as everybody says it is?
1: It depends. The answer is a very qualified yes and a hopeful no. What's so fascinating and frightening about this virus is that it takes different forms in almost anybody. And they're not exactly sure why. There are a lot of uh, fake theories bouncing around on Facebook about blood type and all, you know, uh, shenanigans. But really, they haven't done the studies yet. In me, it was a deeply exhausting flu, to the point where I spent six days in bed, really lifting my hand to reach for something on my nightstand felt exhausting. I had no fever at any point. I had a very interesting symptom that has actually, since my illness, become recognized as one of the uh, carrying cards of coronavirus, which is a loss of sense of taste and smell. It's called insomnia, I believe is how you pronounce it total loss of sense of taste and smell, which is very disturbing.
0: Has it come back?
1: It has, in increments. Um, when you're cooped up in a one bedroom apartment with coronavirus uh, and with your cat, it's great that you can't smell, I have to tell you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because uh, you
0: didn't feel like cleaning the litter box, did you?
1: I didn't even notice I had a litter box, I forgot. <laughs> Um, but
0: uh, there's a lot of us that wish we could forget we had a litter box.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, good <laughs> to find a little humor in this terrible crisis. I unfortunately, one of the very big downfalls of us knowing so little about this virus, and it's called the novel coronavirus. And novel is the key word here. There hasn't even been a year to study it, which is, you know, what science needs time. Is that I don't know. Although my quarantine technically is. Over according to New York state's guidelines, as of yesterday, China's guidelines say I should be quarantined for another two weeks. There's uh, evidence that I could be shedding virus, even asymptomatic for up to five weeks after this. Mm. So I don't know if I'm better. And what I've been saying, and I think I'll repeat this a couple times in the course of our conversation, is that it's not suicidal behavior for me to go out in the world and act as if I'm okay. It's homicidal behavior, because I will affect someone who is going to get it far worse than I will, and who's potentially going to die from it. So I'm in this sort of limbo where I don't know what the consequence of my going out in the world will be, and I'm not willing to take that chance.
0: That's because you're a responsible adult. Unfortunately, we're seeing a lot that are not. Uh, so. Uh, in this whole situation. You know, it's interesting. You know, I mentioned that our governor finally shut the state down, which he should have done about a month ago. Um, And I think we're too late. We're starting to hear, you know, I'll talk about that after we're done with some of the things that I'm hearing here, uh, you know, from reliable sources of what's really going on. Uh, And you mentioned to me earlier, I want to talk about so many things, but you mentioned to me earlier that Wef. I didn't realize that everybody was still at the showgrounds down there in Wellington, still riding around like nothing's wrong.
1: It's been very startling to me, knowing what I know and the deep research information that's available, that people were still behaving. They were, I believe, till today, till the governor's shelter in place order for Florida. WEF, as far as I understand it, has been essentially running a show without a show. And there may be people who are going to contest that. But when you have a daily printed schedule I have in front of me right now uh, that sources sent me because they were very frightened that say five people to a ring. What does that even mean? Five people to a ring. Are those five people all using the bathrooms there? Are they all touching the jump cups and raising and lowering these things? Are they... uh, tacking up their horses and touching the bridle leather, all points of contact, all points of contagion. And it really astounded me, given the fact that outside my doors, because I did leave for five minutes yesterday, I had to come back in because it was so emotionally disturbing. My whole city is shut down. Every shop and restaurant you see shut down, that's 20 jobs that are likely lost. This is the consequence of coronavirus. This is the consequence of that bad behavior down at the jump school that hasn't gotten the message and the other aspect of this that really is alarming is what about the undocumented worker that underpins the whole is the grooms, the people picking the stalls the people lunching. can they say no to tacking up a horse for somebody who might be sick who might be going to restaurants and bars Are they the person who's going to handle 20 horses and 20 saddles and 20 polo reps and be exposed to contagion without the financial ability to say, no, I won't keep myself safe. Those are the people we're putting at risk by this indulgent behavior.
0: And, and they tend to live with a lot of other people too. They, they live in larger groups. That's
1: a a terrific point.
0: Yeah. Which means they're getting everybody else sick too. It's just, you know, what did they they say? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, that's the other thing. So you were your city. Let's talk about your city. It must, it must be surreal.
1: It's not surreal. It's, it's horrifying. Um, I think we were just discussing the numbers earlier. I think we're at 2,300 New Yorkers dead from coronavirus in the last two-ish weeks. 2,300 people who were alive last month. And that's what really astounds me about some of the behavior in these barns. Our horses will be there for us after this is over. Maybe they'll be a little fat and a little less sore if we stop riding them for a tiny (laughs) bit. And is riding your horse worth my 2,300 neighbors who died this month?
0: And you—you you haven't seen your horses, obviously, in weeks. You've been—you've been sick. I mean, in quarantine and sick, and you haven't seen them.
1: I have seen them. They take them. My trainer, Leah Epstein, has been sending me uh, FaceTime videos with my horses, <laughs> um, and uh, it really was very soothing. Um, That—that's a great way to stay in touch. And also, my uh, new horse—I have a, a new A.O. Hunter, and he is quite green. And I realized at the end of this, with all those. You know, pro rides, and he might not be so green. So there's a a, a little light at the end of the tunnel.
0: <laughs> so obviously, you're educated. You're a reporter. You you do in-depth reporting, and you've been watching this whole thing since it started. Uh, how does it end?
1: You know, that is beyond the ability of scientists to say, and the ability of reporters to say right now. Hopefully, the very strong measures I've seen taking place in New York City and New Rochelle, where I started this subject, um, will flatten the curve, as everybody's talking about. Um, I really saw extraordinary things happening, drive-through testing centers that we've had now three weeks have gone by that we've had them, I believe, or sorry, excuse me, two weeks, a little more than two weeks, that are pumping out a tremendous number of tests. And one of the reasons why there are an imbalance of numbers in, in certain places and people might think, Oh, it's not really in Florida, the same way it's in New York. They don't have the testing ca- capacity. You know, just cause you're not testing for it. doesn't mean it's not there. Um, I mean, well,
0: can sorry. I give you an example? One of our yeah. listeners and uh, said, just an update on our personal testing that was done in Southeast Georgia hospital. My husband who has a preexisting condition was showing symptoms and was tested Friday, March the 20th. It's April the 1st. Still no news. He and his doctor have called to check on the results and they said sometime this week, the system was just backed up.
1: I mean, it's going to be backed up and that's the problem, right? The problem is backup of every system. So New York is taking draconian measures right now, not to stop the disease, to slow it because we have a certain amount of ICU beds We have a certain amount of ventilators. We have a specific amount of doctors able to care for these sickened people. We're not trying to stop the virus because it's not stoppable. We're trying to titrate it out so that people enter the hospitals little by little and don't overwhelm them. And that's something that people have to get through their heads.
0: Well, and and as it's now getting into rural places, I mean, Ocala is pretty rural here in Florida, right? We're not a metropolitan center, yet we have half the old people in the country live here. So, I mean, in this one county right here. And that's why they're, they're actually, they started two weeks ago building a mobile hospital here in Ocala. And we have five, six hospitals. The Villages has a big hospital, but they knew that once it starts hitting the rural areas... They don't have You go to rural Kentucky, you go to rural Tennessee, you go to some of those places. There's a hospital every 100 miles. Okay. They don't have the capacity to deal with what's what's coming to the rural areas here.
1: And hospitalization also speaks to the um, point about riding. You know, there's been a lot of debate on my Facebook pages. Of, should we be riding right now? Um, do you want to fall off right now and end up in a hospital? Hey, buddy.
0: Hey, what's his what's the name?
1: His name is Artax after the horse in the never ending story.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a uh, horse nut, you may have noticed. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're, we're going to talk about that in a minute.
1: <laughs> um, do to be right now and fall off and get a concussion? I mean, I had a concussion this summer, week before the Hampton Classic, mounting up on my horse on a trail ride like I thought I was 12 years old and I could mount from a fence. And he got bit by horsefly walked away, you know, he went ouch, and I smacked my head on the ground and, and got a concussion. You know, is that, what you wanna end up in a hospital full of coronavirus patients right now? A, a friend of mine was um, helping at, at my barn uh, because we're very short staffed, got uh, cut on some a rusty nail. She was terrified to go get a tetanus shot because she goes home to a family, you know, of older people are staying with her sequestering. You know, she would be exposed at urgent care, and then she'd have to separate from her family. So the variables speak really uh, not pursuing this thing that we love so we can do it in the future.
0: And I do realize that, Sarah, your connection's breaking up a little bit here and there. I think it's probably your Wi Fi or your internet's being slammed, but we're getting most of it. So um, right. that's okay.
1: More cat make up for it.
0: (laughs) We could always use more cat right now. Hey, I saw a post. I'm going to call you out on this one. I saw a post on your Facebook page that uh, you're also dying for a dog.
1: I want a dog. I want. I want. I want a horse. Right. I want a horse in my apartment right now. Right. Is the (laughs) only thing that would make everyone feel better if I had giant warm blood sitting in my living room. But. If I can't get that, I really want a dog. So if anybody wants to send me a dog, I'll take a dog right
0: now. Well, you know, our, uh, my little hackney pony would love to be in the house and he he would love that. He would stay in the house the whole time. He would would definitely love that. Uh, Aaron, you're right. It is a great point. Sarah just made about uh, the ER trip yet. You know, you'll hear uh, 95% of people argue, well, I'm not going to get hurt because nobody ever thinks they're going to get hurt riding. It's, you know, you don't go out riding with that in your mind.
1: I was Uh, trotting around the ring uh, at the USET Equestrian Center in Gladstone, New Jersey. And I was in a flat class. And they said, break from the trot to the walk. My horse caught a toe, flipped over, broke my spine. It can happen. It was trot to walk descent.
0: Yep, it can happen. Well, let's, let's switch gears here. Was there anything else you wanted to add to the whole corona topic before we go to something a little more fun?
1: Yeah, I think that people need to be prepared. And there are a lot of different ways to get prepared. And it's not, none of them are hoarding toilet paper. Um, they are doing smart things like having things that will make you feel more comfortable when you have the symptoms of the coronavirus. Get some Vicks VapoRub, get Pedialyte, get a pulse oximeter which is a $30 doodad on Amazon. Uh, if you order it now, it'll get there in a, a week or so, or look for a local one that tests your blood oxygen level. Hmm. When people are going to hospitals right now, feeling they can't breathe in New York, they're getting tested for the level of blood oxygen and the hospital sends them back if it's still high. And why not save yourself that trip, test your blood oxygen when you're feeling short of breath with coronavirus And then when it starts to dip, go back. And actually, this is how community is going to save us. I know that fact from a barn maid of mine who was struggling to breathe with coronavirus last week and had this tip. So hospitals are so overwhelmed, they won't accept you just if you're panting. You know, find out ways in which to keep yourself safe. Uh, If you do get coronavirus and you live in a community that has communal trash pickup or um, like I do an apartment building. notify the community so that the person handling your trash can stay safe. You know, you have to to take these steps, uh, think this way, and then recognize that you could be communicable for a very long time. I want to bust out of this quarantine. I love this cat, but not enough to stay with him forever. But I'm not doing it. I'm staying as long as I can to protect the community around me.
0: And, and, you know, I've been doing it, you know, we were one of the early ones to talk about this before it, uh, and warned the horse people to start making a plan. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing it just because I have, I have, you know, I have asthma and chronic Lyme and immune issues and stuff. And I know that I would not fare well. I always get 10 times sicker than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's why we're, we're very careful. I mean, we get groceries, we put them outside, we wash, we, you know, we clean everything. It's just, it's ridiculously it's just ridiculous, but it's needed. You know, it's I'm sitting there washing, you know, all the packages and things. And it's like, whoever thought we'd come to this, but here we are.
1: You know, there's some studies that say uh, they found coronavirus on cabbage that was touched 12 hours before um, by a person with the contagion. So the thing about this virus to remember is we don't know about it. For a while, they were saying just a person coughing on you with these droplets would spread it. Now they're saying it might be aerosol-borne, as in it floats and stays in the air. We don't know enough about it. How about we act like we have to steer clear of it at all costs? Because we do.
0: Yeah, we don't go in the grocery store. If we need groceries, we have it delivered out to the car and keep our distance from the delivery person, load it ourselves, and then c- clean everything down. And, you know, it just it, it's what you got to do if you really want to stay sure. safe with this.
1: If you're in a position, tip like crazy. You know there is a, a, a second knock-on effect of this, which is a tremendous impact on people's livelihoods. Horse people are feeling it now. My trainer can't have any lessons. You know she can't take people to horse shows. Uh, every industry uh, is really hurting. And actually, I wanted to speak about a charity that I work with, yeah. which um, a really unique purpose and is um, is really struggling. Uh, Gallup NYC is the city's Yeah Riding organization They teach over 600 lessons a week In the five boroughs To disabled New Yorkers uh, As well as veterans Suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder They've had to shut all their lessons So they've lost a tremendous source of income And they've actually furloughed all the horses upstate And had to also furlough The human staff of which they're Over 50 So I've actually been running a, a Fundraising drive for them. I'm trying to get the horse community to step up because we all understand the impact of horses. We would be devastated if after this we can't come back to them. And I need to ensure that this community organization comes back to its neediest New Yorkers.
0: So you've supported them for a long time too. This isn't new. Yeah.
1: I have. I I became involved with them um because I watched a lesson and there was a non-verbal little boy on this horse, and at the end of his ride. He applauded for himself. And, you know, this is a child who's almost catatonic in their life, and he felt pride. And it just, it was so incredibly beautiful. At the fundraiser last year, a veteran was uh, asked if she could present the rider of the year, excuse me, the trainer of the year award to her trainer. So I said, sure you can. And she surprised everyone and arrived in her full military dress. And she took the pin off of her chest for serving in Afghanistan. And she said, I was supposed to give you one prize, but this is the true prize. You helped me come back from the war. And she picked mm. the trainer. Wow. Yeah, it was.
0: There it's- wasn't a dry eye there that night.
1: I'm crying talking about it in my apartment. So we, we need to make sure that we're not just making sure we can come back from this, that people, communities in need, because let's admit it, equestrian sport is a privileged class primarily. And we need to pass that privilege on because right now people are getting the, you know, knocked out of the tax, so to speak.
0: It's interesting. If you get a chance, take a look. There's one guy in all of this, and you know, I, I said last night, it do, now it doesn't matter what politicians are, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you're seeing leaders stand up. It doesn't matter what party. We're seeing leaders stand up, and we're seeing leaders fall to the wayside that aren't doing very well across the country, and, and they're both parties. It doesn't matter. It, it, you know, what it comes down to is leadership at a point like this, and there's one guy that obviously I think is the smartest guy in the room because he's been studying this stuff for a long time, and he's just the smartest guy in the room. And it's uh, Bill Gates. And he came out again and talked about what he the three things he said. I think it was yesterday. The three things he said that needs to be done right now for America not to be in this for months. And so look for that. Look for what Bill Gates said yesterday. It was very interesting. And he's one guy that, you know, he's been studying plagues and things and viruses for a long time and uh it was just very interesting and i actually wish that he was running the country right now because (laughs) he just was very interesting let's talk about something let's change gears here a little bit and talk about this so tell us about this
1: Uh, well funny you should mention
0: and for people listening to the podcast it's sarah's new book horse crazy the story of a woman and the world and a world in love with an animal. And there's a pretty picture of a horse being ridden by a little girl in the ocean. (laughs)
1: Um, This is my book. It comes out, uh, August 4th, um, provided we still have a world August 4th, um, which we will, we will. Um, and, uh, thank you so much for asking about it. It fills me with great joy to be holding this book in my hands and hopefully it'll be coming to you all soon. You can already pre-order it on Amazon, including, uh, kindle version and the audio version though i haven't recorded it yet so i'll do it i promise
0: are you going to record it yourself yes, yes. I right, good
1: good <laughs> um i don't know maybe i'll read you a tiny a, a, a paragraph from it sure
0: we could use is it a happy pick a happy paragraph please uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: um okay uh let's see do 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 i didn't think of this i'm i'm planning it Here we go. I know what I'll read. I'll just read you two paragraphs. It's like
0: a bedtime story from Sarah.
1: Yeah, come come together. All right, let me
0: get comfy. Hold on. I got my coffee cup. I'm ready.
1: So for my entire life, I've sought out horses endlessly. And yet all this time, I never asked myself, why do I love horses? That's because the answer has always been, because horses. It's a response that anybody who has ever felt the ineluctable tug of their big amber eyes in which you see something much more than your own reflection, or who knows the peace of their breathing and the shattering wildness of their gallop immediately understands, because horses. I don't believe that riding a horse is a dance, as some say, with a partner who enjoys the experience the same way I do. Instead, I believe it is a conversation, an intimate dialogue between a creature that over the millennia has become a perfect foil partner and complement to humankind, to me. I realized I've been having that conversation all my life here in this book. I'll tell you what I've heard.
0: You really should be a writer. You're good at that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's what horse crazy is about. It's about my, uh, Oh, look, Missy green already pre-ordered. She said, (laughs) um, so it's about, as I've reported all over the world from, you know west africa to india to the wildfires of california when i've put down my notebook at the end of these you know very extreme reporting journeys i've always done one thing and that's find the horses and because i'm a reporter when i find the horses i can't help but also find their stories so this story is an interwoven look at obsession all over the world through the lens of my own and it's also my coming of age story uh interwoven with that how i Found horses and how they helped me find myself.
0: I just got goosebumps. Oh, you did? Yes.
1: We're on Facebook Live. Show them. Show. I them. got
0: goosebumps just uh, ah. listening to that about the whole world thing. That's so cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Because um, it's a
0: different take. It's not a book on how you can you know do a better circle. I like that. You know, it's a different take.
1: <laughs> no, it, it, it certainly it isn't. Do I talk about training horses at all? I do. I actually interview Monty Roberts in the book.
0: Oh well, and you know what let me get another plug in. You too can talk to Monty Roberts on Monday night at eight o'clock here on the horse radio network and have a conversation and ask him about your horse. <laughs> so that's Monday night. Look for that. Uh, there'll be all kinds of announcements coming out about that. He's a cool dude. He yeah. really is. I, yeah. I, I
1: Describe him that like you talk to him and you're, it's like a equine, Mr. Rogers. You're
0: like, <laughs> it's true. I yeah. never heard it put that way. I love that.
1: Yeah, like, You're my best friend. And we're only been on the phone five minutes. <laughs>
0: And I want to say his daughter does a show on the Horse Radio Network, Horsemanship Radio, which Monty makes regular appearances on. So you can find that on the Horse Radio Network as well. When's the book come out?
1: It comes out August 4th, but you can pre-order it now.
0: Obviously, Missy already did. Good job. Can they, where do they go to pre-order it?
1: Amazon. It's called right. Horse Crazy, The Story of a Woman and a World in Love with an Animal.
0: I can't wait. I think it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have to have, we, we have listeners review the books sometimes and then come on. So we'll have to do that. We'll have to make sure that gets done.
1: Only good reviews.
0: Yeah, that's right. We never put bad ones on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also want to tell you, yeah. if you are stuck at home and you can't ride, why not wear your riding clothes at home while you're this
0: I is I thought that was a riding shirt.
1: <laughs> it's my show shirt. It's from a new Italian brand called Vestrum. I bought it for myself during this coronavirus and, uh, confinement because it was also my birthday when I was sick with coronavirus. Happy
0: birthday. Thank
1: you. It was the worst birthday ever. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I'm wearing this new vest room top. And you know what? I can't wear it to the barn or to the show probably for months, but I'm going to wear it in my apartment.
0: And you notice what I'm wearing? Do you recognize that?
1: Oh, yeah. You're in gear.
0: I'm wearing my WEG shirt from the WEG. And you, you think about the WEG. We spent... That's where I became really popular, is writing all the weather reports for the WEG, waiting for the hurricane to show up oh. with tens of thousands of people reading them every morning. You remember, and that seems like such a trivial thing now when we look back at it, doesn't it?
1: I'm thinking about that. We're covering ex- almost exclusively coronavirus news at the New Times Metro Desk right now. And yet, all news is valuable, all stories are valuable. And there's a, a sense among people that you know, what, what are my small trouble now compared to this large thing? And that can also add a feeling of despondency. And I, I feel people like this too shall pass and your stories are still important. Um, they'll be important when it's over. They're important now. And your personal pain and your personal joys are also important. And, you know, you'll in a few months be able to creep back into the barn, whisper those all in your horse's ear and they'll still be there waiting for you.
0: That's well said. And we're going to end on that. Thank you, Sarah, for joining me. I'm, I really appreciate it. And, you know, anytime we ask you to come on, you do. And we, we thank you for that. Again, next time, though, it's not going to be about a disaster or a crisis. OK.
1: Oh, it's going to we're going to exclusively talk about how cute my horse is.
0: That's Good. Perfect. I love that. You're welcome perfect. to come on anytime and talk about that, by the way. perfect. Thank great. you, Sarah.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate for it. It's a great service.
0: All right. Well, I've got to rant a little tonight again. I'm sorry. Last night I ranted a bit. um, But, you know, after last night, I heard from, I talked about, you know, a company in rural America that, and I live in rural America, so I get it. But I I talked about a company in rural America who employees were at work. Six of them were sick, uh, had fever. He sent them home, said they had to be back in two days, and some of them were back the next day. And, you know, they're infecting everybody and their families and everything. Well, after I told that story last night about not enforcing quarantine by employers, um, I heard a bunch more stories. One, everybody knows the New Holland sales stables. I grew up in New Holland. I went to high school in New Holland. When I was in the investment business, I had an office at the corner of the parking lot of the New Holland sales stables. So I know the New Holland sales stables. I bought two horses from the New Holland sales stables. My lifetime pony came rescued from there. So... Apparently, last Monday, they had the sale as always because they have to sell the cows. They have to keep the food chain going. They do that. They do all kind of animal sales there. But apparently it was packed and nobody was social distancing anything. So we have a lot of the Amish community there, too. And then people from all over the state, from farms all over the state coming in and leaving out of New Holland. Uh, it, th- I, there has to be a way you can sell the cattle without everybody congregating like that. There just has to be a way to get this done. And they're going to have to figure out a way to get it done. The food chain has to happen, but also everybody in the food chain gets sick and and a bunch of them die. That's not helping either. So New Holland has to figure that out. The same time I hear from my brother who has a good friend he grew up with, his longest friend. He went to school with him in New Holland. His parents are in a retirement village in New Holland, the biggest one, and both parents have coronavirus. And as far as they knew, his dad was going to die last night. And they've cut they have a bunch of cases going on in that retirement village. One of the nurses is sick. they've closed it down. That's a New Holland. This is a tiny town in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. This is not a big city. yet because people are moving around and coming and going and stopping and eating places and going to the store, that's happening. That has to stop all across the country. Uh, you know, I got a message from a listener. There, her mom volunteers at a school that's doing school lunches for kids twice a day. That's a great thing, right? Breakfast and lunch, they can come. Apparently, when everybody shows up, there's no social distancing. They all just run up and they get their meals and there's no social distancing. Oh, oh, by the way, the people packing the lunches don't have gloves. They're not wearing gloves. So we have that situation. Uh, I have a pharmacist friend who's reporting that they get two masks a week. You're supposed to change. These are the disposable ones. You're really supposed to change those out every day. And they ran out of gloves. So now you have that, Um, you know, I have a listener that said my grandmother's awaiting her test results. She's not expected to survive the night. She's in Europe. We couldn't even talk to her just a text. That is one of the saddest things about this whole thing is that you can't be there with the ones you love when they're when they're when they're dying. That's so sad. Um, I talked about the villages. They were still having social gatherings. And I heard this from a reliable source. They were still having their social gatherings. By the way, if you ever go to the villages, it's the largest retiree. There's tens of thousands of people there. Um, They're all retirees. Villages has a reputation. Look up key party sometime and you'll find the villages. Um, And, they get together. We've been there for concerts. It was a huge concert hall. And there's a party going on there every night of the week. They all take their golf carts down and it's a party. It's a party place, this retirement village. And apparently they were still having social gatherings and now it's spreading throughout the villages. And that's scary because now we have 20,000 seniors and uh, one hospital. You know, I, I had another listener that say, it's kind of like killing fire ants. And anybody in the South is going to know what this means. Uh, you know and if you've ever lived in the south you 're going to know what this means it 's kind of like killing fire ants. Everyone has to be in the program to get the job done. You can put fire ant poison on one mound here, and two days later they 've moved over two feet uh, you know it, that 's what 's happening here, and that 's what 's going to happen in the country it's it 's going to continue to spread you know it 's going to continue to spread across the country into the heart of the country now and there's only one way to stop it and that's to stop moving we have to stop movement um i don't know you know i said this last night i'm just it's just frustrating because i i, I am friends with you know as many friends as sarah is on facebook and it, you, we just see these stories and, and all these listeners are writing to me from around the country and around the world and it's heartbreaking because for the first time in the last two days i'm seeing people i know who have relatives that are dying uh who are very sick or who are dying and now that's starting to hit home and i know all of you too i know all of you it's starting to hit home because you're knowing people that are sick and you're knowing people that are dying and that's going to happen tenfold over the next uh, month or two the other thing is you know we're talking about and i don't want to be all doom and gloom but it's just the way it is right now we're talking about people are acting, and even the press is a little bit acting like at some point here, we're going to turn on the switch and January t- or June 10th. The switch is going to go on and we're all going to be back to normal. That's not the case. We're going to slowly, very slowly start opening things up and getting back to normal. And uh, in a way, people like Sarah, who were infected before, if in fact it's true and she says, we don't understand, and we don't know if she can get infected again. There's some evidence that she could. Uh, some people are saying she couldn't. Uh, she, you know, she might not get infected again, uh, but people who've had it before might be the ones, if they can't get infected again, that bring this country back and and really are the people who who can go out and, and get this country going again. So I don't know. It's going to be a long haul. This is not over in a couple of weeks. You know, Florida just down, shut down for 30 days. It's not over in 30 days. I just hope we all can pay the bills and we all can be here when, it, when it's over. And I just want to say I appreciate our listeners. I appreciate our auditors. Everybody that's stepping up to help here at the Horse Radio Network so that we can continue this coverage and continue getting the important word out to the horse world. I'm going to stop rambling now um, because this is my third show today. So uh, I'm going to stop rambling. Thank you for being with us tonight. Remember, we have a lot of positive shows, too. Uh, We have 15 other great shows in the Horse Radio Network covering many disciplines from trail riders to dressage to eventing all over the place western english training you name it horsemanship radio monty roberts show over there uh you know we have all kinds of shows so we got monty roberts coming up on monday night live you can watch it right here on horses in the morning and also on the monty roberts page Uh, jamie jennings i'm happy to announce to all of you who listen to horses in the morning we confirmed her video cam works and she's going to be co-hosting that night so you can have a certified monty roberts instructor one of the very few in the country jamie joining Monty to answer your questions and you can come on live with him uh, right on the air here. So that's going to happen. We're also working on another concert. So we'll announce that we're doing something interesting with the concert. Last time we gave away gift certificates for Coro, and they were so generous to donate the gift certificates in between songs. What we want to do is highlight you all at home now that have are artsy and are making artsy things at home. We try and do this at Christmas time, but we're going to do this during the next concert. So if you want to give away one of your products, we will highlight it. We'll put it on the screen. We'll put your Etsy address or whatever where people can buy it. So we're going to highlight you at home who are doing you know, homemade projects and homemade things, uh, right now at this time. And so that people can also go buy your things. So, uh, we're going to do that during the next concert. We're trying to get creative and we're also trying to support all of you guys out there. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Horses in the Morning is back tomorrow. Dr. Wendy is here doing the driving show, actually, with Jennifer. Uh, they have a brand-new driving show for you. It'll be a lot of fun, so definitely tune in. And then we're giving away $500 in prizes on horses in the morning for really bad ads. If you've submitted a bad ad, you still have time to get them in tomorrow. If you haven't, uh, send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com, and we're going to give away $500 in prizes Friday morning. It'll make somebody's uh, sequester uh, sequestration. Hey, I made a new word. I like that sequestration uh, a much more enjoyable when you win something cool Uh, compliments of horse com. Thanks everybody. Have a good night and by all means be safe.